it's quite common that uh, people think, if only, if only I lived at the time of Jesus, if only I could have been with Jesus, if only I could have seen his miracles, if only I could have heard his teaching, if only I could have had a chance to, to sit down with him one-to-one and ask him some questions, my life would be completely different. I wouldn't have all these doubts, I wouldn't have all these questions, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel that I was the sort of um, failure that I often feel myself to be. I, I would have a proper Christian life if only I could have met Jesus. And the answer that Jesus gives to that sentiment is very interesting. He says it's not true. He says, actually, that people who live after his life, death, resurrection and ascension are more privileged than the people who walked with him on the earth. Did you, did you notice that? Um, uh, where does he say it? said in about um, uh, verse 5, is it? Excuse me, I have, this is my fifth time of speaking this, week, this weekend. Um, it is for your good, he says, that I am going. Yeah? He is, he is departing for their good. He says that actually there are two things in this chapter that are going to be achieved and can be only achieved if he goes. And the first one is very relevant to Pentecost. It is that God will send his Holy Spirit. Indeed, he will send his Holy Spirit. The second one, uh, well, I'm going to leave the second one until we get there. No. Um, the Spirit can only come, he says, if I go away. Verse 7, unless I go away, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. The Holy Spirit is going to come. He's called the Advocate there. Um, different translations struggle with the translation of, the, of, the, of, of that word. It means someone who comes alongside. They, someone, that person may come alongside to comfort that person may come alongside to discipline and guide. That person may come alongside to be our advocate, even in a, in, a, in a law court. And it's not entirely clear which of those various meanings that Jesus has in mind when he describes the Holy Spirit as an advocate. Perhaps he means all of them. He is saying that the Holy Spirit from God will come alongside uh, his people and that will be a better ministry in this world even than he had. The Spirit will prove the world to be in the wrong. Verse 8, when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment about sin because people do not believe me about righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned the first of those um, 
uh, things that he will prove is reasonably clear and obvious. He will convict the world of sin, says Jesus, because people do not believe in me. In, in other words, the Holy Spirit's ministry will be to expose people's, in part, people's rejection of Jesus. And it will become clear in time that that is the primary moral issue for all human beings. Jesus came uniquely as God the Son from God. Jesus offered uniquely forgiveness from God because he died on the cross to pay for our sins. Jesus was vindicated uniquely, ultimately. He rose from the dead and uh, lives still. No one has ever done that. And the Holy Spirit will come and open eyes and help people to see that the primary issue for all of us when we face God will not be whether we stole sweets from school or fiddled our taxes or any of those kinds of things, but what we made of Jesus. He will convict the world of sin, the fundamental sin of rejecting God the Son, Jesus Christ. I have to say, neither I nor I was persuaded as I looked around the commentaries um, can quite make head and the tail of why um, the world would be convicted about righteousness because I am going to the Father or about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Quite how it, it, the, the, it, it's connected, it's not quite clear. But almost certainly it's talking about people's righteousness. Just as people will be convicted of their sin, they will be convicted of their righteousness or indeed lack of it. Perhaps looking at how God vindicated Jesus by raising him from the dead and, uh, and suddenly realising that, that their claims to be righteous in their own, in their own right was completely wrong because Jesus said he was going to die on the cross for our sins and that was the only way we could be saved. And God proved that that was what Jesus was doing when he raised him from the dead. Perhaps. That is the connection. That's probably the best that I think the commentators have come, come up with. And convict the, convicting the world of their judgment, perhaps, if it's their sin and their righteousness, convicting the world about their judgment. They misjudged Jesus. We misjudge Jesus. Because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Because Satan's primary work and his primary power lies in his ability to accuse us before God lies in his ability to stand before God and to say, Tim Guest is a sinner and therefore you need to condemn him, God. Until Jesus came, despite the fact that he's a wonderful, lovely chap, God did not have an answer to that. But when Jesus came and died on the cross for our sins, 
Then, God had an answer. God's answer was, sinner he may be, but actually, I paid for all of his sins in my son Jesus. So, Satan, you now are cast out and have no power at all over anyone's life as they come to me and seek my forgiveness. Perhaps that, those, that those, are the, uh, those are the connections. But the general feel is really clear. The Holy Spirit is needed to open people's hearts up and help them to see those realities. It's not just a matter of someone talking to a person and somehow, yet yeah, they will be per- persuaded. Those things are so profound and so much of our, our self-worth is invested in those things. But it needs a miracle of God to see our sin, our false righteousness, our failure of judgment. The Holy Spirit will do that. It's better that you go, says Jesus, because then the Spirit can come and people will be convicted of their sin. And uh, his people, verses 13 to 15, will be led into all truth. When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, he will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me. Because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Very clear. The spirit will guide God's people into all truth and at the heart of all truth is says Jesus, me. He will help God's people to see the truth and the truth, the heart of the truth is Jesus. Everything, every truth in the whole universe, all the most fundamental truths about uh, this universe and about life that matter, all centred down onto Jesus. All things were created by him and through him and for him. Um, uh, the Apostle Paul says elsewhere, everything focuses on, on Jesus. And the Holy Spirit enables God's people to start to see that. Of course, all the most fundamental truths about me focus on Jesus. How can I be saved because of Jesus' death on the cross? What kind of person is God wanting to make me into? He is wanting to conform me to the likeness of Christ. What is the true glory of my future? It is to be in a a new creation with Jesus seated at the heart of that new creation now so fundamental to it that even the sun is eclipsed because there is no need for a sun because the lamb is its light. His revelation. The Holy Spirit opens eyes and enables us to understand all truth and Jesus at its heart in ways that you just have to read the story of the disciples. They stumbled along and didn't. We are more privileged than the disciples who walked with Jesus. Because now God sends his spirit to work in our hearts and open our eyes. Pentecost 
is one of the most glorious Sundays of the year, even if we're not very good at celebrating it in our free church tradition. Because it rejoices in what Jesus looks forward to here, the coming of the Spirit. But there's another reason why Jesus says it's better, that we must just look at uh, um, uh, briefly, though there's lots and lots of verses, so we'll just glide over them. It's better for Jesus to depart, because actually, in his absence, though it is painful, we grow. He uses a metaphor for that in verse 20, for instance. Um, Very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. And here's the metaphor. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come, but when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. And the immediate fulfilment of that is, I think, when Jesus was raised from the dead, suddenly they saw that his death wasn't the end, and they were filled with joy. And uh, the book of Acts, for instance, records how that, how that new joy pervaded their lives. But it's also equally true that uh, Jesus ascended into heaven, he's taken away again in one sense, though we are assured of his resurrection. We live without seeing Jesus and wait for that time when we finally see him face to face, when our joy will finally be complete. And, and so this period, though it, is, though it is better because we are assured of Jesus' resurrection, it is still a time of pain. It is still a time like childbirth. The necessary pain that gives birth to real joy. The joy, um, that joy comes partly through God's amazing provision for us while Jesus is absent. Verse 23, In that day you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. They will ask, not Jesus now, but God himself in the name of Jesus. And God will give abundantly. Now, of course, it's very, very important that, that, that when we read, ask anything in my name, that we don't read that as if in my name is just a sort of little magic inca- incan- uh, um, incantation that means that we get anything that we want. I think asking in my name actually qualifies in the first place what it is appropriate to ask. We ask only for those things that in Jesus are appropriate. And we have to submit to God's wisdom about that. But we are assured that uh, as we ask, provided that that it is something that is that is appropriate, it will be given, it will be provided. Very similar to Psalm um, 37, verse 4, which is often quoted. 
Delight yourself in the Lord, says Psalm 37, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And notice there that the, that the giving of the desires of our hearts is qualified by delighting ourselves in the Lord. And as we delight ourselves in the Lord, we might as, uh, as much that changes our hearts and changes what we desire. It is, this is not, then, some promise that everything that we ask will be given us. But it is a promise that everything good that, we are, uh, that, that uh, God wants to give us in Christ will be given to us as we ask our Father. And we don't need to ask Jesus now. We have direct access to God. The disciples seem to um, get very excited in verse 29 and think they've got it. Now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. It seems to be a great moment where they've got that. And Jesus brings them down with a bump. Do you now believe, Jesus replied? A time is coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will desert me. You don't yet understand, says Jesus. Indeed, the things that you learn through that process of uh, of desertion may be an important part of your growth and development. It's better that I go away, he says, but it will be painful. It will be like childbirth. You will be given things, but you will go through suffering. You may get overexcited about how much you know and have to be brought down. But I'm telling you all this so that you will have peace. Peace for us. It is more valuable that Jesus has ascended into heaven than even having him here teaching far better than I can teach. Because his Holy Spirit is here. Actually convicting hearts at a deep level and opening our hearts up. And because actually the experience of living without Jesus is part of God's ordained plan to bring us through the pain of childbirth, enjoying his provision, qualified as it is, as he takes us through that, being humbled and becoming mature Christian believers. Don't be frustrated that Jesus is not here. It is God's good plan for your life. And as you enjoy the ministry of the Spirit and as you endure the difficulties of living in this world and are humbled perhaps, you will find that actually you are matured in some ways better than the disciples were matured 
as they walked with Jesus.